Here we are, the Fake Spike Podcast. Rob the Dark Sider with you. Have two new guests, very, very special guests. And if uh, anybody from the Dark Sider page is listening, you'll know these guys pretty well. Phil and Barry, what's up, boys? Welcome to the show. Rob, how you doing? All right, listen, let me get started here, okay? <laughs> but this is the worldwide, the worldwide introduction of Curtis Up the Middle. Curtis Up the Presented middle, okay. by Barry and Phil. The worldwide introduction. And Rob... You get to host it, okay? Oh, Phil, by the way, I got a little, I got to tell you before we start, I got a little laryngitis today, so Phil's going to do most of the talking, and Phil thank told God. me before the call, that's actually a good thing, thank God. So, Phil, so real quick, Curtis up the middle. The 32nd of why we're Curtis up the middle, and Rob, you can definitely attest to this. Back in the old stadium, in the old building, uh, Barry and I sat together up in section 327 upstairs, okay. and in the Paul Hackett offensive coordinator days. We could call with about 80% accuracy what the plays were. And here's where the plays. Yep. First down, Curtis to the left for two yards. Second down, Curtis to the right for three more yards. And on third, third and five, a draw play, Curtis up the middle. Just to throw him off. Just to throw him off. Now, just the hesitated draw yeah. for three and a half yards. Fourth and one and a half, we'll punt the ball away. That was the full packet offense, and that's where Curtis so- up the middle comes from. And that was back the in the day when, when they didn't go for it as much. I wonder how often the Jets would have went for it on fourth down and gave it to Curtis Martin again on fourth down, only to have it stuffed, right? I mean, totally yeah, totally different game plan. Paul Hackett had about the guts of you know the rabbit that my daughter has upstairs. Uh, never, never took we have a friend who sat with us. We had a friend who, who sat with us, and his favorite saying during the game was, Paul Hackett, god damn it! <laughs> One time he left three plays into the remember Gary left three plays into the first quarter. We and ran Curtis Martin three times. He got up, he got up, and he left. It was he got up and left. It was the Miami game where the Jets were trailing twenty-one nothing five minutes into the game. Miami had a, had a kickoff return for a touchdown, and I forget who the quarterback was. It was pick six, pick six. Gary was gone. You see, I don't remember that game. I'm oh, sure, it was awful. I'm sure it was awful. if I uh, – is, is that the game where the Jets lost – talk about the 2022 guys. But, um, but is that the game where the Jets lost both quarterbacks in the first half and they were down No, that was a different guy? Miami game. That was it? That was <laughs> – And that was the, – they had, uh, the, they had the, 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 the member of Barry's tribe was the third guy. What was his name? Brooks um, Bollinger. Oh. No, no, it was Saul Rosenweg, something like that. I forget his name, but it was the, the third oh, string I, guy. I, I thought you were talking was, about the was a guy who used to play for Miami. Guy who came in. Saul Rosenweg. Pennington got hurt. Jay Fiedler got hurt. So Brooks Bollinger had to come in, and then they signed Vinny the next day. Now, who's the? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna type in Jewish quarterback Jets in Miami. See who it is. Um, okay, so yeah, let's talk about this year's this year's Jets. Go, you guys. Uh, listen, this is we got more important things to discuss alone. today. So. Yep, yep, yep. You're right, Rob. Thank you for keeping us on track. Important things to talk about today. First topic, Mike White, franchise quarterback, yes or no? Too soon. And before I begin, I just want to make sure everybody's aware, Phil, Rob, huge Met fans. These are the, And Rob, you and I have talked about this on other podcasts. Met fans define uh, hope. They get, a, they get a guy who was a former All-Star 10 years ago, has hit never higher than 200 in the last nine years. The Mets get him. He's going to be another All-Star, All-Star again, and he'll hit 320. Okay? So, obviously, you know, Met fans, very excited when they see even a glimmer of hope. Okay? Anything, they grab onto it. 
but here we are. Can you mute? One game, and already we're saying possible franchise quarterback. Phil? Well, here's, all right, so here's, so here's, Phil, the take. <laughs> here's the take. And, and, yeah, it's way too soon to call him a possible a franchise quarterback. However, he is the most competent quarterback on the roster. Um, you know, it, it's very funny. And, and I'm going to I'm gonna talk about really quick what uh, – if anybody saw uh, Richard Sherman's podcast yesterday, uh, he had a tremendous mm-hmm. segment where he talked about Mike White. And, um, he, and, and he brought something to light. And I'm gonna, and I'm going to butcher it. But I'll do the best I can. Reverse the reverse the scenario. Mike White was a number two pick overall. Comes in second year, has a game like Mike White, the fifth round one time released quarterback has. It would be over. Anointed franchise quarterback. This is the guy we drafted. This is the guy we want. It, it's done. He will be our quarterback for the next ten years. The narrative isn't that way, though. This guy is a was a fifth-round draft pick, had to prove himself, had to learn, had to sit, had to watch. Got a quick, got a chance, had a tough game, had to sit back and wait for a second chance and made the most of a second chance. Nothing was handed to him. This was all Imagine perfect. Zach Wilson had that game and what we'd be saying about him, right? Well, well first off, true. half, half of uh, Rob's, Rob's chat group would have lost their minds if Zach Wilson had that game. Yeah. I call them the Wilsonite. Vinny Melpioni, uh, uh, no, 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 spaghetti no, no, no. sauce Melzioni, he would have been going nuts, okay? But uh, <laughs> would have been going nuts, right? Wilson it would have been validation, would have been validation of everything he's ever said. Every single right? thing. The, You know how hard it is to put the numbers up that Mike White put up in a driving rainstorm? All that speaks to in volumes is the catchability of the ball he throws. It, it. I mean, there were only two. I, I think I counted two passes that really hit uh, players in the numbers or right around here in this area that were dropped, and they were both very tight window throws. They weren't guaranteed catches, but his passes are always in a spot where the receiver not only can make a catch but can do something after the catch. You know, yak is a very big term thrown around and the ability for the receivers to get those yards after the catch on the passes thrown. And you can say the bears defense and the bears defense, they're ranked eighth against the pass. It's not like what? the bears defense. Yeah. That's, that's bullshit. I'm, I'm sick of hearing that one. We've had uh, exactly. plenty of quarterbacks who were supposed to be good. Couldn't do anything against any defense. Didn't but they? do you know how many tight, there were so many tight window completions that I'm sorry. I don't care who the defense was. These were tight, we're talking 11 to 12 inches of wiggle room that White had to had to squeeze these passes in, and he got them there. So, you know, they're now about to face a team that is ranked 30th against the pass. So is the argument going to be if White has a good game on Sunday? Well, Minnesota's not a great pass defense team. That's why White played well. You know, it, it's, it, it's going to be the this is why, this is why, this is why. Where, and Sherman said this, if this guy was the number two pick in the draft and had the game that he had on Sunday, we would be lauding the arrival of the guy, Namath 2.0. What did he say, Phil? There's something else. By the way, I never knew Richard Sherman. You know, he comes across as kind of like a crazy dude on, you know, when he played and everything. But he's a very smart, articulate uh, uh one of speaker about one of sports. I mean, my gosh, I, everything he was saying was. Ex- 
Tremendous. Right. It was amazing. It was amazing listening to him. He's got a real big future. I, I, I um, think he did a great in, job. In this. Now, I mean, and. and I, but by the way, I want to read. Go on. You, there's another on, aspect Phil. of this compared to last. If we want to talk about the Mike White game against Cincinnati, which people are dismissing, and Cincinnati represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. He beat the Super Bowl content. He beat the AFC champions last year. He didn't beat, you know, the Par- the Parsippany School of the Blind. Um, no offense to the Parsippany School of the Blind. Um, he beat the <laughs> AFC representatives of the Super Bowl. Like, he beat a good team. And that, that Buffalo game, yeah, he threw four picks. Three of them were, I- I'll call it garbage time, when the Jets were just trying to do anything and everything. Buffalo was is what last year was worlds above the Jets in as far as talent goes from top to bottom. The Jets weren't in the same class as Buffalo. So, you know, we should easily dismiss that game just as easily as you dismiss Bill Belichick really, you know, it being a Bill Belichick team and you can't blame Zach Wilson for throwing for for negative 22 yards in the second half because it was Bill Belichick. You know, you, you can't give one way and not give the other. It's you kind of have to look at things from both sides. Yeah. I, yeah, and I strongly believe that Zach Wilson lost his job only because of what he said after the game. I think he would have been in there against the Bears if he didn't yeah. throw his team under the You're a thousand percent. It was like it was like Geno Smith getting punched in the mouth. It was so good for us that that happened, <laughs> I right? Ten it's very later, true. Ten years Zach later, Wilson may have made this decision. <laughs> Yeah, Zach Wilson may have made this decision easy for these guys because they're not stupid. They're clearly not dumb, but they didn't. You can't give up on your guy until you know. And Zach Wilson might have just given them everything they needed to know with that one little two second snippet. You know, I don't know. I don't know how old you guys. Are. I mean, I know Phil is. Uh, I know. I know. I look a lot younger than Phil. Certainly more handsome, but um, I'm actually a lot older than Phil. And Rob, I think you and I might be around the same age, but. I, I remember back to the – again, I'm not comparing Joe Namath to Mike White. After, but I remember in the 70s, it was always Al Woodall would play quarterback for the Jets while Joe Namath was getting back from the 16th knee surgery, right? Nice. And that whole bulky uh, thing I saw in the, in the Hall of Fame, that brace he had to wear around his the knee was like 50 pounds. But when Joe Namath would come back, it was like the first play he would come in the entire offensive line, it looked different. The receivers lining up looked different. The running backs, there was just something about it was a calming influence that would come upon the entire team Trust. when he would enter the game that you didn't see before. Trust. And you guys know this. When you saw the game start and Mike White's at quarterback, didn't it seem like the entire offense just looked different? Well, it did. If, it if was I could fluid, speak to that, that, that's, a great, yeah. that's a great lead in, Barry. When an offense is clicking, so when a quarterback and when a quarterback is getting rid of a football in under three seconds, the entire offense has to be on alert, especially the playmakers, especially the guys who are getting paid a lot of money. They have to be on alert because that ball's coming at them. You know, there is a huge difference between releasing a ball in 2.8 seconds and 3.7 seconds. It doesn't sound like a lot of time, but if you're an offensive lineman and if you're and if you're a receiver, that's a big that's a big difference. You know, you get that ball coming at you quick, it sharpens you a little bit cuz you know it's coming. You know it's coming. Each route and you know, I, I'm not claiming to be a, a quarterback guru or, or anything like that. So please, I'm not trying to sound like I, I, 
like I'm an expert on this, but each route takes between five and six seconds. That's all a football play is. It's a six second interval of the game, every play. So the routes are designed for five seconds. That's how long a receiver's route is in a passing play, play action or not. Five seconds is the route. So if you have a quarterback scrambling for seven or eight seconds, the routes are broken. The play is dead. Now it becomes barnyard playground football to try to get back to the quarterback so he can hit you with a pass while he's scrambling and running for his life. That takes a toll on an offense, and especially an offense with talented playmakers. It drives them bonkers. You, I, I, I'm going to refer back to the Richard Sherman podcast because he said something that, that Garrett Wilson said, which was so spot on. Garrett Wilson said, we were on the sideline. And I'm sorry, I take that back. Sauce Gardner said this. Our defense was on the sideline, and we were yeah. like, we never got this much time before in, you know, in between us being on the field yeah. and us being out because it was like a five-second play for five yards, a five-second play for eight yards, a five-second play for 13 yards, and it adds up, and it's 40 seconds between these plays and these first downs build. Now you, your offense is in a rhythm. Everybody's getting the ball. 11 different receivers got the ball. So in every play, there's a good chance you're getting the ball. If you're playing that, I'm going to run for my life and chuck and duck, whether I throw it out of bounds or just put up a Hail Mary 20 yards downfield, your receivers are out of the game. Your, your offensive line is out of the game. They're not blocking anymore. Yeah. You know They stop blocking after four or yep. five seconds because then it becomes a holding penalty. Then it becomes a, a, a lineman downfield penalty if it's a passing play. If the timing is off, your offense is done. The, the offensive but, line didn't. But you know the other thing, you know, Phil. The offensive line didn't get better for Mike White. They yeah. played within their game because the ball but you was know, released in two, two and a half, two eight, three one. Like if it's all quick plays where your line. No, that's exactly right. Yep. Get back. Hey, no, Phil. I'm thinking of something while you're talking. Like I've been doing my job for 35 years, right? I come in every day to work, but there's still a meeting that I'll have once a week, once a week that I'm nervous for. Like I'm a little edgy. I'm a little, you're nervous, right? Uh, Phil, you're exec, well, South Jersey executive of the year, by the way. I think you were voted uh, two weeks ago, right? You're yes. and you're and you're normally a confident guy. Um, Rob, Rob, when you go hit, when you go make those hamburgers in the morning or whatever the hell you do with the barbecue or the thing, whatever that business is you have, like there's still those days you're a little edgy. Mike, people don't talk about that. I don't know why, but. These are human beings. These are not, by the way, these are not old people. This kid is 27 years old. He's a kid, very much of a kid to me, right? Who's that? Mike um, was he nervous? Was Mike White nervous at all? Yes. No. Did you yes. sense anything about him that said, you know, if I don't play well today, I'll probably never throw another football in a meaningful game in the NFL ever again. And that's probably true. Listen, But listen, did you Aaron, sense that at all from him? I guarantee him? you, no, Mike, I White, preparation. Mike White was, a, that's what was I sensed. a duck on a pond, man. Duck on a pond. Yeah. Inside that guy. But Rob, when you say preparation, we're talking about. But Rob, when you say preparation, talk about that mm -hmm. a little bit because I look at preparation like this is still a game where you don't play well. You may never throw a football on the Jets in a meaningful game yeah. again. Tell me about that, Rob. Yeah, How do you think preparation yeah, helped? I'll, I'll liken it to a test at school, right? You, you go take a test. If you studied and you know the material, then the test can't trip you up because you know the material, mm -hmm. right? I'm an insurance agent by trade. The uh, the flipping hamburgers things on the side, but uh, there was there's there's. I'm, a, I meant I, I, I didn't mean hamburgers. I meant yeah. I know you. I know you I do know ribs. You like you're a ribs, ribs guy. Go on, brisket, go on. Yeah. 
But yeah. there's there's in, in insurance there's a designation. I don't even bore anybody what it is, but it is not multiple choice at the end of it. You have to take a test to get this designation. You have to pass five classes, right? The first two times I did it, I screwed up. I figured I just worked my way through it like everything else. Third time I said, this time I am I am not failing this test, and I went and I knew the material. And I and I aced it. I, I did the whole thing in a couple of, in a few weeks where most people take several years. And Mike White did the same thing. Mike White knows the offense. Mike White knows where these guys are supposed to be. And that goes back to Phil's point about what Richard Sermon said is Mike White had everything where it was supposed to be when it was supposed to be there, which makes the offense know. Like these receivers, they turn around, the ball's waiting for them, or they they get open and they they know the ball's coming. It, it relaxes everybody. The linemen. Yeah. You know, like last year, we, we had a lot of different discussions about Darnold and Wilson and everybody. And Wilson had this talent. And Darnold had that talent. And we don't know what he would have done with this. But this is the same exact team. This is this is one week to the next. From last week to this past week was one week with the exact same cast, with the exception of the running back. You know, they, they had a they had a. What's his name? Uh, Bam. Bam. Bam Knight. Zon- we'll Zonovan talk about that in a couple Knight. seconds. Bam Knight. Yeah. Bam Knight and and Corey Davis was back. I don't think Corey Davis is enough a difference maker to make this happen. So what that tells me is that Mike White knew the plays. He was confident. He knew his line would protect him. And that same line, which looked horrible for Zach Wilson, because, you know, Phil, you made a great point. One one second makes all the difference in the world. That one second is a difference between staying in the pocket and, and running out of the pocket because you're scared. So I will turn this back on you and ask you guys, you know, a similar question. Was there any point where you saw Mike White have to panic and scramble. He, he got sacked, I think, twice because now, he was in you know there too what? long. There but was, at any other point, there was, did he look ready to bail? Ever? There was one Never. defining play, Rob. And there was one defining play. And this play resulted in six. Took his snap back. And if please rewatch this play. He looked at his first target, not there. Second target, not there. Slid four steps to the left. And yep. let Elijah Moore make that fifth second cut five seconds that's as long that's as long as you get to run around on that fifth second elijah moore made a cut to the middle and as soon as he saw that bang the ball was gone out of his hand six points that was the only play that white was like broke down a little bit but he didn't run for his life he slid a little bit right that's a pocket pass that's the key he didn't run for his life and that's and that's my question is at, at any point did you nope. see white panic and say "Shit, i gotta get out of here no, no. didn't and, matter and if the pocket was collapsing you know, didn't matter anything there was something we saw that i hadn't seen much of this year and um it's very and again you know barry said before don't don't make me compare i'm not comparing him to, to joe namath i am not comparing at all mike white to tom brady not at all however <laughs> however there was there was something that I <laughs> having said that he's another Brady. Go on. That no 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 that Tom Brady had in his first few years with New England, and the Jets ran it a lot. Two tight ends. Why couldn't they run two tight ends with Zach Wilson? Because two tight ends can't block for a what? long time. They can Very true. that initial burst block and then either become the emergency receiver or run their route. They don't they can't block like a right guard or a right tackle. And they were able to run these two tight end, this two tight end offense for a large majority. People were saying, why didn't they do that for Zach Wilson? Why were there not two tight ends? Because you can't do that when you're running for your life. <laughs> That's a great point. And this, and this first part of the show, by the way, is all about why he's our franchise quarterback. So I just want to throw something else out at you about this one game. Okay. I was reading this on, I don't know what this is, Jet X today, whatever the hell that is. Uh, 
White played better against this defense than every other quarterback who has faced it this year. Chicago has faced good quarterbacks like Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Kirk Cousins, yet White had the most passing yards, the highest completion percentage, the highest passer rating, 149.3, and the highest yards per attempt. And anything that you could say about, well, they were shitty defense, and like that, it was negated by the rain. That rain is going to make any defense look better. It didn't. It had no impact on it. And you know, some of the folks on the dark side of the side could also come back and say, I'm anticipating this tomorrow when they, when they hear it and what they're going to say. But, yeah, they, they lost some players, but they lost the worst cornerback. One starter, the worst cornerback in football didn't play. What what the author of this article said is they were actually a better defense because he didn't play. So, so I, there's nothing that you could see in that performance that wasn't simply amazing. And, and again, I know you guys aren't thinking big on this, but uh, pressure. I mean, my gosh, he needs to perform. This is the Super Bowl for his career. Every game for his career. This is the game, game that's going to define it. He, listen, you're a fifth round, and third, you never saw stress back on, on a depth chart going into going into camp. A lot of people coming out of camp said we should have kept. You know, Strebler should have been the third quarterback, and not Mike White. That's right. That's exactly Every right. Single snap, White takes. It, he knows that he is playing. It's being filmed. It's being recorded. He's playing for his career. And, you know, like I said, ducks on a pond, man. Underneath that water surface, I'm sure his heart was beating a 1,000 miles an hour. I'm sure he had 7 million things going on in his, in his mind. But above water, above the surface, he looked like he was gliding. And it was tremendous he to was see. He was prepared, Phil. He was, he was prepared. prepared. Oh, no doubt. And look, he they say it. The guy studies. All he does is study the playbook. So, you know, it's – you know, preparation, preparation definitely is is a large reason why he's having he had the game he had, and and you know. Yeah, I mean, Rob, Rob, you're pointing out this preparation piece, like this preparation piece, like is the most important thing in the world. And uh, Rob, you're, you're you're obviously a Jets guru, okay? Uh, uh, you started the site, you started this podcast, you know everything. But I'm going to push back on you a little bit too on that on that because it's sticking with me. I don't care how much preparation you had before your wedding night. You were a little nervous, okay? Everybody has, pre- you know, you prepared. Like, Rob, you're not a young man. You had a lot of girls, and you're a hot-looking guy. I don't want to say that because I'm not that way, but I'm just saying, uh, obviously, you're a good-looking no, man. You had a lot of girls, but you were a little nervous on the wedding night, right? Everybody is a little nervous before an event, right? He didn't show any. I want to, I want to, by the way, point out just one more thing, okay? Phil. Yes. Tell us about the pro day. Why did Phil, you and I knew he sucked from the beginning. You rightly pointed out that guys like Rob and I wanted him to be the guy. We wanted it. But you knew from the beginning he sucked. Okay? Tell us about the pro day of Sam Donald versus the pro day of of, of Zach Wilson and how you knew he, he was Zach was never going to make it. Oh, man. Why are you putting me on this spot? Because now everybody's going to think um, I, I want Sam Donald to be the quarterback for the Jets. And I've said a lot of pro Sam Donald things, but first uh, – let me go forward before I go back to that. He has his Darnold jersey on. I love it. I'm wearing. I'm wearing. I thought it was I, Richard Todd, but I got. I got. I got <laughs> Wayne Corbett. Nice. I got my Wayne Corbett on. <laughs> Sam Darnold after his Carolina game uh, last week, and, and I did watch it. I'm curious. Uh, I was a big Darnold fan coming out of the draft. I'm not going to hide that. I was so excited. Yeah. I called Barry like jumping for joy when Cleveland uh, drafted Baker Mayfield. Um, I did not want – I wanted Mayfield. And I was at the stadium, by the way. They had an event for the season ticket holders. I was at the stadium. I less than Baker Mayfield was Zach Wilson. 
But but anyway, but anyway, um, what he said on the podium afterwards, he said, starting in the NFL is a privilege. It's not a right. He said, I, I am so happy to be able to play football with the guys again. You know, I, I think that these high, some of these high draft pick quarterbacks, when they're handed the keys to the kingdom before they've even completed a pass or earned it, I don't think they appreciate what these second and third chance quarterbacks get or what the late round draft pick quarterbacks, quarterbacks get. With that said, and, and, you know, I wish him nothing but success in Carolina and in the future. Um, but I, I really think that that some of these guys do need to be humbled to become successful. I think Geno Smith experienced the same thing. Uh, he is definitely not the same Geno Smith that we had with the Jets when he was handed the keys to the kingdom that first year. Um, Sam Darnold on his pro day, driving rain. Asked, they, asked him, they asked him if he wanted to move his pro day to when the rain stopped. And he said, no, I want to throw in the elements. Um, whereas Zach Wilson demanded an inside pro day under perfect conditions with his hand-picked receivers. Um, and, and and honestly, the throws he was making are throws that you don't make in a football game other than maybe once or twice a season. So, while And there wasn't a single throw that I haven't seen done by a high school quarterback. Uh, you know, a decent one, but... But while Joe, there Douglas, was no Aaron Rodgers in any of his throws, and, and we'll talk Never about saw Joe Douglas really, really briefly about the amazing job he did. There's so much good young talent on this team. However, everybody was enamored by this arm, this escapability. Kid couldn't, kid can't hit five yards out of the flat. He he's bouncing throws to his running backs behind the line of scrimmage. That's what wins football games. Tom Brady, when he came again, back to Tom Brady, when he first came first came in the league and, and and got the job as a starting quarterback, he didn't take the Patriots to the Super Bowl by running around for 30 seconds, throwing 80-yard bombs, side-armed while falling backwards, you know, um, with with eighty with 85 linemen in his face. He got the Patriots to the Super Bowl by doing what we all said as Jet fans, he's not a great quarterback. All he's doing is dinking and dunking his way to wins. 20 years later, here, here he's still doing that. That's what it takes to win games. It takes getting the playmaker of the football yeah. and letting You know, Mike Mike White. So I'm sorry, Phil, Mike White has played has started three games in the NFL. Two of those three games are some of the best offensive performances by our team and and probably two of the two two of the best quarterback performances in the last 10 years and that's two of his three starts in the nfl yeah you gotta am i wrong indianapolis no, colts game because that poor kid he threw a touchdown pass and and, and got nerve damage in his funny yeah. bone and was out for the uh out for the game i don't even count that right right and but he looked great on that first drive my gosh and, and again the one game he did but phil well but was against the best defense in football last year when the jets just weren't a match the jets just they they couldn't hold up uh, and I would take – this team has 600 times more talent than that team had last year. You know, and, and I mentioned before we started that I yep. wanted to, you know, briefly talk about the running back room. You know, that's not even talking about the receivers. Garrett Wilson, oh, my God, what a difference Garrett Wilson makes uh, in, in the receiver I love that room. guy. I really but, love him. But the running back room, we so we found we – found a stud running back in Brees Hall, just a monster, a, a monster. This guy averaged 5.8 yards per attempt before he got injured. 
He got injured. Still had Michael Carter. You know, still had Ty Johnson. And, you know, Michael Carter got hurt. So they had activated this non, this undrafted free agent, which, by the way, one of the guys in in, in your chat room, uh, Milton Boos, was high on this kid from the day he came into camp. So I'm going to give him props. But Bam Knight comes in. And you want to talk about fresh legs in week 11 of the NFL season? What team gets a fresh That's right. legs with a power 5'11", 213 pounds, one move, vertical, gone? I, it, this is amazing that we have this kind of running back depth. When if we talk about two years ago, Sam Darnold, his last year as quarterback, Frank Gore. his starting running back was 41 years old. His starting running back graduated high school while I was still in high school. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's kind of reverse. But 41 years old. And the who was the backup that year? Because they released Le'Veon Bell. Who was the, Do we even know who the backup was? It was yep. that, The running back room was that bad. I think Ty Johnson got like three carries that year, his first year with the Jets. But there was nothing. The entire roster was that bad. It was that bad. So you know, it, you know, Rob, 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 say that, talk about that a little bit, Rob. The roster. Yeah, so, no, the roster was that bad. The Jets had nobody. I mean, so, I mean, who was Darnold's top receiver? I mean, do you Berrios, really want to know? I can tell you. Berrios is cute, but I can tell you. Yeah, Rashard Perriman. Right, that's right. I forgot about that. Guy. Right. That was year two. What about what about year one? It was you Richie know, Anderson. Donald. Donald had a decent year. It was what? Richie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. I'm sorry, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Oh, it was, oh, Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Right. And, and, you know, he was kind of a one-hit wonder. I mean, like, he either caught a touchdown pass or he did nothing the entire game, right? And, and so also, he wasn't also, he wasn't a star forget, by any means. I, I got one more for you that Sam Darnold actually made serviceable and good. Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon, was his, I think, was the, was the top receiver for the Jets or one of the top three receivers for the Jets that True. half a season, yeah. You yeah. know, again, you know Phil, you bring up, Phil, you bring up the uh, – the running back room, right? And Rob talks about the roster. I prepared something for you guys today, and I just want to, I want to go through this and get your get your feedback. So you're going to give all the answers. So giving equal value to performance today and future potential for growth on a scale of one to ten, ten being Pro Bowl potential. I'd like you to grade each of the Jets picks this year. First one, and by the way, I'll give you an example. Say a guy you say. Didn't do really good this year, but has great Pro Bowl potential for the future. I would say 5 and a 10, so he's a 7.5. I got right? you. So let's take Sauce Gardner. First you, Phil. Oh, he's a 9. Scale of 1 to 10. Nine. Performance this year, what are you? He's a 9. nine. Rob? I mean, I mean, I gotta give him a nine point five. I can't go perfect because you know nobody's perfect, but he's 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 already got like the Jordan rules going for him. He's already doing things that veterans do. Deion Sanders. Yeah, he yeah. never. Well, he, I mean, I don't you know. know even so Darrell Revis, Revis had to earn that. Him, but, after one or two years, Darrell Revis didn't right. get that. Yeah, it took him two or three years to get that. Yeah, so right. got it this right guy, out of camp. Right out of the shoot has been great. Yeah. I give him, uh, Rob, I'm with you, 9.5. I can't He's a can't miss. He's an absolutely can't miss. He's awesome. Number 10 pick, Garrett Wilson. Phil? You know what? I, I am going to I am gonna give him slightly less than sauce. Uh, I'm going to give him an 8, and I can tell you why, uh, if you want the details why. He's an 8, not a 9 for me. Okay. 
All right. So Garrett Wilson. Okay. I'm a little nervous about Garrett Wilson if things really start to turn. You know what? You know Garrett. I, everybody's happy that Garrett Wilson speaks his spoke his mind right now. As I'm one of them as well. I think he was right. He was on point. He was professional about it. Um. I hope it stays that way, but that's an eight. I'm giving him an eight out of 10. It's not like I'm giving him a five or a six. The dude has tremendous, okay. upside, tremendous potential, catches everything. Yep. Yeah. Okay, on Rob. The, on the love scale, I give him a 10. I love the guy. I think, I think he's the one thing the Jets have been missing all this time, and that's a guy with all kinds of talent and a personality, and a good personality, like a strong leader. I'm going to freaking talk. I'm going to speak my mind because this is not acceptable yep. to lose and suck kind of thing. Um, Performance-wise, I, I, Phil, I had eight in mind also. I hate to piggyback on you, but I, I have an eight. I, he, he, yeah. he hasn't been there all the time. He's had a couple of drops. Uh, but for future, I mean, I really like the kid. I, I this this yeah. is the the one stud offensive player we've been waiting for forever. Who also could be a presence in the locker room. And I mean, the little the little things he does is is something that receivers on other teams do. These little moves, these little th- little things. I I love Garrett Wilson. I'm going to give him a solid eight. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. Okay. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Of Wilson. I'm a fan. Okay. I, think, I, I honestly think good points. These are great points. You know, look at look at what Garrett Wilson can do for the other receivers on the team with the right quarterback. It's, it's tremendous. Go ahead, Barry. Give us I, uh, give us I'm going to jump in with a nine. I'm going to give him a nine, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I would have said eight a little earlier in the season, but at this point, these uh, defense defenses have studied these guys, and they know how to stop them if they can. They can't stop them. Especially no, when he's no, got look, the right quarterback. Look, he's got, so he's got, he has I'm going to say nine. I'm going to say nine. He has 49 catches, which doesn't sound like a ton. 49 catches with a quarterback that has a completion percentage in the 50s. By the way, I'm going to make a next statement. I just want you guys to think about this. So when I sit and watch football games, I have my son next to me. He plays football. His team just won. Uh, a little plug for my son, Josh. just won uh, the state championship this past Friday against Red Bank. And I'm going to tell you, you know, it's nice to sit there with him because he knows, like I know I have 50 years of knowledge in football, but he knows the ins and outs of actually what's happening on the field. And uh, he he was telling me a couple weeks ago that they had a uh, a professional football player come into the locker room and is explaining what, how they prepare. And he said, you know, we only practice like an hour, two hours a day. The rest of the time, like 10 hours, we're in meetings studying the tendencies of the other team, every little thing about the tendencies of the players. So it's mostly study. So these guys have studied Garrett Wilson and they can't figure him out. And I figured if he was, you know, like that's why I say eight early in the season because I figured they're going to figure him out. They can't. He's that good. Uh, next. Well, before you move on. Uh, number Garrett 26. Wilson. I'm sorry. Go on, Rob. Yeah, yeah, before you move on. Garrett Wilson, to me, is something the Jets have not had in forever. I know I've said that, but now I'm going to say why yeah. and, and, and verbalize it better. He's he's a winner, right? He's a winner. He's a winner. He's a winner. He, he, he does not accept losing. He he comes from a, a, a great program in Ohio State. He, he seems to know what it takes to win. And, and unlike every other guy on this team in all these years, the last 10, 12 years when the Jets have been dregs, he is not willing to accept that this is a shitty franchise that's going to lose games. He doesn't want to waste his time. He's, he's pulling this team, kicking and screaming into a positive winning attitude. And I love do it. You, do you think – Great. You think – Totally agree. That 
Garrett Wilson, behind closed doors and behind the curtain, was one of the voices in Salah's ear and Douglas's ear saying, we got to make this change. Do you think players had any no influence? Got to get that guy off the field. Do you think no players, question, because think players if he's had gonna, influence if he's, on that if, decision? I definitely think they do because I think, you know, obviously it took it took long enough for them to get Wilson out. And, and that was because of he opened his own mouth. But he, I don't think he, you know, I, I well, I, I won't go into Zach Wilson. Yes, I think I think Garrett Wilson had has has kind of led the charge. It seems that way. And I think I think he is he is a leader. Now, you could say a ringleader, but I think he's a leader in there. And I don't think he went to Salah and said, coach, this guy sucks. You got to get him out. I think he went to him and probably was much more professional and diplomatic about it. And yeah. and whatever way he said it, I think the players had a lot to do with it because, you know, at some point, Salah had to make the decision. Zach made it easy for him. Salah had to make the decision whether to support the quarterback or support the other yeah. 52 guys. And, you know, and, right. and, and forget the exactly fan base. Right. I mean, and, and Barry, I hate to interrupt your, the, this segment. And it's it, it, it's fun. It's great. But you, Rob, you just hit such a great point just now. Um, that locker room, if, if Salah was to go and turn back, and I know there are people posting – not only on, on your on your page, but on a couple of the other big jet pages out there, that he is looking for the right moment to insert Zach Wilson. No way. That locker room would turn and you you would have such a negative impact right now. You know, Michael Irvin said it great on on, uh, on uh, one of the morning shows that he's on. I think it's Get Up. Um, I could be wrong though. It, 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 whatever my, that Michael Irvin said, you know, I've been in locker rooms. I've been in locker rooms where. There's a play. There are players that just don't have it, but these guys are busting it. And you know, these guys are given everything they have. And you as a professional, even though, you know, they're not the guy, if another guy comes in and has success, you kind of temper your excitement. You temper that to not hurt that player's feelings so yep. much. Did you see the Jets yep. offense after the game? They weren't tempering anything in front of Zach Wilson. They were, they were, they were all over Mike White. That's a great point. And just yeah. jubilation well, and just you they know, were happier for Mike White than Mike White was. Mike Mike White tempered Mike White the whole thing because how he felt about Zach Wilson. The other players on that team, especially especially the players that I just mentioned, that may have yeah. had Salah's ear or may have had Joe Douglas's ear a little bit, they weren't tempering anything. Um, Sauce Garrett Wilson. You know what it is, Phil. Phil, these players know there's an adult. There's an adult at the helm, right? There's an adult at the helm now of the team. It's funny, and and I'm not going to say you know Mike White's not an old player. He's not old. There's nothing old about Mike White. He's still a young dude. He's 27 (laughs) years old. My sneakers I'm wearing right now are almost as old as Mike (laughs) White. Exactly. Exactly. So. But the maturity he shows at the podium, the maturity he gave in his interview, he never said the word I once. It was all about we. And he said, look, all I did was put the ball in playmakers' hands and watch them have fun out there. He said said they were amazing. Do you notice how this conversation quickly got back to the first segment? We're now talking about Mike White again. Guys, we got to move on. Jermaine Johnson, number 26. Phil. Jermaine Johnson, number 26. Man, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. You know what? There's so many players on this team that I really like. I'm going to give him. You're talking about future potential as well, correct? 
This is this is current no. and future. Performance this year plus future potential weighed equally. I'm going to give him a seven, maybe a seven and a half. I really like him a lot. Okay. Okay, Rob. I, you know, I, I mean, I remember one big sack, but other than that, I haven't really heard his name called. I know he was hurt yeah. quite a bit, um, you know, for a few games there. So I, I'm going to give him a five, um, not because of poor performance, but just because I'm not prepared to answer the question as well as I should be. I haven't heard okay. much of his name, so I think, so I, I, I'm not going to say he's poor. Right. See, okay. I, I have him with like a five, but an eight potential. So that's kind of why I'm around seven. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I yep. think, I don't know. I don't know what kind of addition you're doing, but that would be a six and a half. Though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I rounded off. I'm a banker. I'm in finance. I round off. You know, Phil, Phil, it's a good thing you're not in an industry that depends on numbers. I know. Gosh. <laughs> uh, so, so, you, you know, you know, I, I give him a seven. I will I, tell I, you this year, I think seven. he's a five. I, six. I, I think a seven's a fair number. I, I think seven, I think potentially eight or nine based on his uh, potential. I but think it, yeah, again, I haven't heard his name a lot this year. But again, uh, he, he only played. And, and, he's uh, only played eight games this year. He, he was hurt for a little while. So I'm going with seven. I'm going with seven. I think we're pretty much all around the same. Rob, uh, I'm very uh, a little disappointed where you're seeing him as far as future potential, and not that not bringing it up. But what do you very quickly, Rob? What are you seeing that tells you that that future potential may not be there? Who, Why for, is your score not high? Johnson? Well, his score's yeah. not higher because I, I haven't. I, me personally, I I'm more of an overall overall guy. I don't I don't really get into the nuts and bolts with individual players unless they're right in my face. I'll be honest. I I don't I don't I don't really know the fourth safety or the or the, or the sixth defensive lineman. I have not heard Jermaine Johnson's number called all that often. Yeah. I remember yeah. one big sack. I remember him being injured. Beyond that, huh. the defensive linemen are pretty much a blur to me unless it's unless it's Q. Or, you know, Bryce Huff in his one play per game getting a sack. I don't follow closely to see you who know, is who. So that's why I said I was unprepared for that. I think, well, I Rob, think Rob think knowing that you don't follow him too closely, here's here's a guy you couldn't miss, Rob. Brees Hall. Phil. <laughs> Brees oh, Hall. I, I would love to give him a 9.5 or a 10. But with a, with an ACL injury, you just don't know. Um, Hard to know the future. It's hard to know, but I'm going to go with again 5.9 yards per attempt. Um, I am going to I am going to go with my gut here and say this guy is going to come back 110, percent and I'm going to give him a nine. Okay, Rob. I you know I'm I'm going to give the the one and only ten, not because he's perfect. Oh my gosh. Not because, well, here's why. Here's why. Right. We, okay. we you know one of the things I know people have mentioned it, but they've never made the direct correlation. He made Zach Wilson look decent. He made Zach Wilson look decent. <laughs> you know, right. That's a that, great. That he offense won, was he won games for when the, the Zach Wilson yeah. was five and zero crowd, or the Zach Wilson was five and one crowd. Right. That it was, was Brees Hall. Hall and the defense. <laughs> It was the yeah. It was, it was the Brees Brees Hall because the D. Yeah, look at that that one that one touchdown he scored against Denver before he got hurt. It's the only touchdown they scored the whole game. It's the only that's the only reason they won that game. Zach Wilson tried his best to give it away. Thank God Denver sucks. But you know, Brees Hall was so good that he he jumped the offense up to a new dimension and he made Zach Wilson look decent for a few weeks. As soon as Brees Hall went out, Zach Wilson had three crappy games in a row. Yeah. Uh, four, I'm sorry, three out of four. The Buffalo game he wasn't horrendous, but you know that Denver, entire offense was deflated. When he yeah. went out, can you yeah, imagine right? James, Zach Wilson was bad? Can Sorry, you imagine Brees Hall next year healthy? 
with with this Without offense touch. clicking. That Brees Hall with a real adult, real, real adult as quarterback, right? Brees Hall never played a single game with this offense clicking. I give him a, uh, I give him, I give him a ten, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I it's been so long since I wanted to buy a jersey um, of a Jets player and wear it proudly, even just going out to Shoprite getting food. I had his shirt on speed dial. His jersey was on speed dial. Um, Were you the reason that he got run, hurt? Probably. That's exactly. I'm, I'm the mush. Um, two. I think it was two plays before I got injured. He ran for that touchdown. I don't remember seeing anything like that. My dad's favorite player was Gale Sayers. Uh, my dad really knew a lot about sports, even though he didn't follow that closely. He could just watch it and just know greatness. Uh, maybe I inherited that because I, I saw greatness. And uh, that run that he made for that touchdown, they said, was the fastest run for a touchdown that any running back in the NFL had made at that point this year. And uh, I don't, I, I didn't really even think of him as a speedster coming out of the draft. I just thought he was kind of a you know, better than average running back that we were happy to get a, get on our team. Uh, I didn't know he had superstar potential, and it, he reeks of superstar potential. So I'm with Rob. So you were going to say something? I can't give him a 10 because it's an ACL injury and I've had three of them. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a rough injury. It's a rough injury. He's an elite, he's an elite back. I hope he comes back with that same exact level of speed that he had when he went out with. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason he's a nine and not a 10 for me is I know the severity of that injury and I know the severity of that injury on athletes. So yep, I'm with I'm, me, uh, I'm, I'm with you. But you know, so if anybody can come back, he can. Let me let me just make so, one one more point because because we, we got away from it. What well, the question sure. being, what would what is Brees Hall going to do in this offense? Right. Here's here's the point I I made on my on my pod, on um, on this podcast last night where I said Mike White is doing what Zach Wilson couldn't do, and that allowed the floor to open up the offense. Now the two tight ends yeah. set, so all these guys doing things. The Jets from the beginning of the year finally had enough talent on offense, and I know you and me spoke about this, Barry. To, to yep. be able to say they can't double-team this guy, they can't double-team that guy, you can't yep. cover everybody. The Jets should have been doing what they did the other day all season long to some degree, but that's we're not right. able to. That's exactly so, right. Yeah, so now Mike White, if he can continue to do what he's doing, and that's just just protect the ball and hit the open guy, which should be fairly easy. you got a team full of guys. And Brees Hall comes back? Holy crap. Oh, I mean, gosh. You throw well, a top get, running back in there with schematically, this Schematically, schematically, when you have – and, and I loved when the Jets had the two back set, when you had Brees Hall and Michael Carter in the backfield. Because if you think about this next year, it, it, everything equal, just add Brees Hall. You have Hall, you have Carter, you rotate Bam Knight in to the backfield with Garrett Wilson, with um, um, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, with you'll put Braxton Berrios in the slot. I'm fine with that. You got Denzel Mims just to, to, for the jump, for the. Uh, for those jump balls in the and that other slot, the two tight ends, you're going to have to put seven to eight guys in the box to stop the whole Carter combo. That means two receivers are going to be one on one covered. Oh my gosh! It's like it's like well, I think cover? I think I think Ty Christmas Johnson morning. is a very good running back on most teams in the NFL. It's Christmas morning you know, for an accurate quarterback. Christmas yeah, morning, absolutely. every snap. So let's let's bring this back full circle now, and then and then what I'm going to do is we're we'll, we'll going to do a fake spike thing. I'm going to have you guys do one of one of the exercises I do. 
Um, bring it back full circle. What you just said, Phil, boom. That is why Mike White might be our franchise quarterback. He may not be a franchise quarterback, but he could be our franchise quarterback because if he Absolutely. is what anything like what he appears, which is accurate, calm, and inspiring to his to his guys, then he's going to do very well in this offense, and he could be our franchise guy because you know you, you don't. That means we don't have to go out and trade for a guy. We don't have to draft another guy. That means maybe the guy is right here. And he's been there all along. And Rob, Tom Brady so wasn't a franchise quarterback so. until he was. Until and that was, sounds yeah. ridiculous, well, but if true. you think about it, it makes sense. He was a seventh, sixth-round quarterback draft. He was only thrusted in because of the New York football Jets. Yep. It's the only reason he got an opportunity. Well, hopefully but hopefully when, we've returned when the he favor started with Zach winning, Wilson. When he started winning, he wasn't a franchise quarterback until the moment they said – until the moment he was. So right. Mike White is not I, I like where Rob's right? going with this. <laughs> Until he, you know, Rob, what you said, I 100 percent with you. He might not be a franchise quarterback, but he's our franchise could quarterback be. on a he team like be. this. I'm not ready to yep. get there just yet, but you know, I, I have some hope. And you call and yourself a Mets fan? Come on, Rob. <laughs> no, you know I'm, what? I'm, you know what, Barry? That's two. That's, two. That's two Mets fan comments. You got to believe. You got to believe. You got to believe. Hey, Rob, yeah. Rob, real quick. I made a comment earlier about your hamburger flipping skills, and I just want to pull a plug in here. When Phil and I first really kind of met you maybe six months ago, I said to Phil, you have any idea what Rob is talking about with this uh, barbecue place? Phil said, Barry, I've been there. I will tell you that that's probably the in a, in a, in a region of the country where there's not really good barbecue, probably the best barbecue food in the Northeast. Well, thank so you. I want to give you your bins a plug. And where is it located again, Rob? In Staten Island. Juicy Lucy Barbecue. <laughs> there you go. And there you so go. anyway, anyway. I'm, I'm, right, I'm, I'm dribbling. I'm dribbling all over myself just thinking about it. I'm ready for the fake spike. Here we go. Lay it on. Okay, so here's the exercise I do on every preview show, and I'm going to consider this a preview. We didn't bother previewing the Minnesota game. We don't have to. But what I do is I do a best case, worst case, and real. So you're going to say, all right, this is the best case scenario. The Jets win 72-3. to Worst case, they lose this. And then realistically, what you think is going to happen. So I'll have both you guys do that with this weekend's game. Yeah, Barry, lead us Who wants to go first? Okay, I'd say best case, Mike White shows that he is actually the real deal. For all to see, and another game like he just had, very similar game like he just had. Worst case, I would say Buffalo last year, and then I might kill myself. Uh, okay. Realistically, yeah. realistically, I would say he's not as good as he just played, but we still win by ten points. Okay, so give me scores. Your best case, Mike White is is everything he seems to be, and we win by what? 27-17. Okay. Worst case scenario, what Mike White is the Buffalo Mike White, and what happens? 42-10. Wow. Okay. Jets lose. Realistically. So realistically means what you think is going to happen. You think the Jets are going to win. They're going to squeak it out. They'll probably play great but lose. What do you realistically think is going to happen? Gun to your head. Jets win 27-20. So in the worst, in the best case scenario, you're only giving the Vikings a another, you know, one nope, less field. because I'm a dark sider. <laughs> okay, Phil. <laughs> All right, so here we me. go. Best worst. So I am actually look. I, I'm a little. I'm, I'm pretty confident that White's going to be White and he's going to do the right thing. So my best case scenario is that the Jet D is as advertised and shuts down the quote unquote new greatest show on turf, uh, and White throws for his three touchdowns. Jets run for one more. 
defense defense does what defense do, what defense does, and the Jets win this game thirty-one to seven. Wow, thirty-one seven. Okay, All right. wow. That's the best case, so coming right? out party basically, right? Yeah. Uh, Sauce must have had a great game. I lost Phil completely, yeah, Rob. Did too. you? I no, I haven't heard anything yeah. he said in the past fifteen. So, seconds. Rob, your fake spike, spike challenge. Okay. Response. Well, I think the best case scenario is that the Jets have it. The, the Jets basically like have a have a big coming out party, and this is the week that they announce to everybody that they are for real, they're not to be trifled with, and everything goes right. White looks like he did last week. The defense comes in there, and they'll still let us down later because they're the Jets. But but the best case scenario to me is a big coming out party where the Jets have a have a a big red carpet affair, and and, and they announce to the world that this is the Jets, and, and they win big. That's the best. Wow. I think the Jets win something like um, – I'm gonna I'm gonna call it 34 to, to 16, let's say, right? Which is which is a pretty big victory for the road. My my worst case scenario is is same with worst case that anybody you can't have anything other than a worst case scenario except for Mike White going back to what he was in Buffalo and not being the real deal and kind of falling apart. In which case, you know, it's gonna put a lot of pressure on the defense. And and this is not uh you know this is not Jacoby Myers or um you know who who they play last week or you know. Or uh, you know Darnell Mooney that they're playing this week. This is Jefferson, ridiculous Justin Jefferson with a, with a great running back in Cook. So I think the worst case scenario is, is is it could be pretty ugly and we can reverse that score somewhat. I say you know worst case scenario the hey, Jets guys, get I'm hammered and, and Minnesota wins like thirty eight to seventeen. What's that? I, I should have a better connection now. I hope so. Okay, I'm finishing up mine, and then you got to go back to your worst and your real because we didn't hear anything. My realistic okay. scenario is that this is going to be a tight game. I think it's a kind of in between. Mike White looks pretty good, but comes down to earth a little bit. He's more, he's more, you know, more human. Uh, the defense is going to have a tough time with Justin Jefferson, no matter what we do. I don't think that's going to be, you know, you know I'm that's an awesome coin, challenge. Yeah, I'm going to call it a coin flip for who wins. I'm going to call it a three point game either way. I'll say the Jets win. Why not? Because you know, I'm going to be there. By the way, guys, I'm taking my kids. To Oh, wow. for, for the road okay. game we're flying that's out. awesome uh, wow so, so my realistic is it's a three-point game either way it's a tight game in the fourth quarter i'll say what the hell i'll say i could see the vikings winning but i'll, I'll go with the jets anyway because i'm a fan so i say uh you know mid-level scoring game 27 24 final jets all right so phil here we go we'll try this two we'll try this t- take two Okay. Um, did you guys get anything of what I said? I got your best Nothing. case. I didn't get your worst case. Okay, so you got my best case. All right, so we'll go my worst case. Worst case scenario, Justin Jefferson just steamrolls the Jets. Sauce Gardner gets hit with every penalty under the sun trying to cover him. Um, <laughs> the Jets the Jets go down big early. Mike White has to play out of his element and start chucking and, and looking for you know tight, tight windows downfield. Has kind of a little bit of a repeat performance against Buffalo. And the Jets get swamped 41 to 10. 41 Okay, and then you're realistic. What do you think is going to really White throws for three. We're going to definitely slap down the earth there. Oh, man, that's worst-case scenario. So I am – I think that the Jets' defense is going to bend early. I don't think they've played a team with the speed that Minnesota has, and especially in in a perfect element, in a domed element. But I think they're going to adjust. So I think they're going to get down a little bit early. But I think not enough where Mike White can't play a Mike White football game. Uh, I think they're going to come out of halftime down a touchdown, maybe 10 points. The defense is going to lock down in the second half. White will get get the flow going. The offense will do their thing. And I think the Jets score a game-winning field goal and win this game 22-21. 
Wow. So, so, so the winning field goal, they're down. If they don't hit that field goal, they go home. <clears throat> Correct. I think it's going to be it's going to be all about what Jet offensive line shows up. I mean, this has been an offensive line that uh, has played surprisingly well, and they're getting some players back. I think that uh, this could be the coming out party for the offensive line as a dominant force in the NFL. And if that's true, man, with that defensive line, that offensive line, they say it's one in the trenches. This could be a big coming out party for us. So. Well, Phil, I, I know you're hey, Rob, thanks for having us today. Greg the leg. I just want to let Phil know that – what's that? Greg the leg is going to be huge this game for us. Kicking in a dome, Indoors, he's going to have to huh? kick a couple long ones, I think. Well, yep. I, uh, you know, Barry said it's going to be a coming out party. I said essentially the same thing. The Jets' best case scenario is that this is the week they announced to the NFL that they are absolutely for real, and they go in there and spank them 34-16. That's the best case for me. That would be amazing. You know, Jets say, that's it, boys. We're here. We're here. Put us on primetime. Flex us sometime in the next few weeks because we're here, baby. That's the Pinch best me. scenario. Pinch me. Rob, you, you right. know that CBS blocked the Jets from getting flexed. That's how big they think that game's going to be next week against Buffalo. They refuse to let NBC take that Buffalo game, um, so that's that's exciting. They really? Have- so they were gonna they'll probably flex that one then. They can't. CBS won't let them. Phil. Phil. Yes. Curtis oh, up the middle. Okay. Curtis up the middle. Curtis up the middle. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you, Curtis up the middle. Inaugurable podcast. It was a pleasure to host it for you guys, and an honor. One day when you're huge, have me on your show. Okay. You know what, Rob <laughs> Barry? Thank you guys, Barry. I'll talk to you soon. Rob, thank you so much, man. I love that you're wearing the, Thanks, uh, the shirt from my alma mater. Go, are you? Uh, <laughs> guys, have a great night. Let's go, Jets. Go, Jets. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs> All right. That was the Fake Spike Podcast Special Edition uh, Curtis Up the Middle with Barry and Phil. That's the name of their podcast. If it hopefully gets off the ground, I'll help them any way I can. And uh, that'll be it. So have a great one, everybody. 